Hello and welcome. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Indeed. I'm so excited because right off the bat, I want to get this stuff. Do we need to say anything else though? We do need to say, if you're new, welcome to a podcast where we talk about stuff. Boom. Now go. No, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if that's how you did a date? Yeah. If you just jumped in. This is who I am. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Or or if you just got into all the major stuff and you haven't even said hello. (laughs) What are your views on? So predestination. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's your name? Um, no, so we, we're through Hope on Demand, and it's just a, a great resource to have of so many uh, blogs and and posts and, and Christian artists singing and uh, pouring their, their heart out, really, in, in being able to talk about this life and how we need hope. And so you can try HopeOnDemand.com for other uh, podcasts and, and, and blogs and everything. But we get to talk weekly about what we're going through spiritually. We do. Uh, but before we do that, I want to ask you one question. See, now, if you're listening to this podcast, we're trying something different right now. We have a camera set up mm-hmm. and we're filming it. Now, I can't see what you're seeing. You're seeing both of us right now. And you're looking at the camera mm-hmm. and not me. And I'm not used to that. Ah. So does it look like you're looking at me on camera or does it look like you're looking at that's what I always get confused about. We've talked about this, actually, when you're zooming with people. Right. Right. Where do you look when you're zooming? Because I always tend to look at myself. But you're supposed to look at the camera because then that gives the impression that you're making eye contact. So the but professional then, thing to do is to look at the camera, even you're though. you're so thinking yeah. about looking at that camera that you're not right. even looking at the person who might be talking. And then it looks. I know. You feel weird. I know. I know. Okay. Well, that's not what we're discussing in our quiet time. We're just, that's just for fun. That was free. That was free. This is all free, (laughs) by the way. And HopeOnDemand.com is free. (laughs) Okay. So last week we were talking about how, let's just go a little deeper with the whole generational curse thing. To be honest, it wasn't until uh, a little later in life for me, a family member brought up the concept of generational curse curses and there had been a pattern that he had seen with his wife's family that her mother and her grandmother had both divorced um, and there was um, the seeing of somebody else on the side before the divorce took place or at least with the mom and now it was taking place with his wife and the concept of generational curses came up. I don't think I'd ever heard about it before that. Well, let's take a step back on what it is. The, exactly. the idea that your future generations of your family are affected because you really messed up. And this comes from Exodus. Uh, the first time it's mentioned, it's kind of inclusive uh, with Ten Commandments kind of being addressed there. Then it's brought back again later on. And you see a pattern starting to develop. Sometimes you, you do reread things in scripture, especially in the first five books, what's referred to as the Pentateuch, um, they start kind of like, it's like, you already said that, Moses. Moses, did you forget you wrote that already? <laughs> you already wrote that down. But it just also should should emblazon in my heart and in my mind. How many times did God have to say what needed to take place? Because, mm-hmm. man, stubborn people. And then I look in the mirror and go, oh, that's right. So am I. Yeah. So it a lot of stuff gets restated in scripture. But I think it was a lot of restating that had to go on from God. And one of the things that he talks about is, let me see, I want to read this verbatim. Now the Lord said to Moses, uh, cut out for yourself two stone tablets from the former ones that we're talking about the, uh, obviously the two stone tablets being the Ten Commandments. So he did it. And we're going to skip a little bit further down. This is from Exodus 34, by the way. 
dot, 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 dot. He said, who keeps loving kindness for thousands? Oh, I'm going to go back up. I'm sorry. We may have to eliminate some of what I'm doing right now. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. That's prefaced in this chapter, his loving kindness and his truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. So from that scripture reference and from others that are like it, people have come up with the concept of this generational curse. We hear about it later with Jesus when the disciples approach him about the healing of somebody. Hey, is this guy afflicted? Is he handicapped because of something that his, his parents have done? So even the Hebrew people have made assumptions in regards to this. And so trying to go, okay, well, wait a second. Is this a thing? Mm-hmm. Is there a cursing situation? It sure sounds like it. But if, like I was mentioning the Pentateuch, it's really important that I, I remember it's not separated in five books when it was being written by Moses. It's one fluid thing. And we are seeing over and over again the stories of generations. So people would have, when they would hear the stories of what took place in scripture, starting with Genesis, you were reading about family after family after family that goes through these very similar conflicts. And they start seeing these same sins recycling because it's been exemplified for them that way. His dad did it that way. And so because his dad did it that way, he started doing it that way. And somehow it gets justified in all of that. So what it really comes down to, it it's not necessarily, hey, I'm going to afflict you because your parents were rotten. You're going to be rotten. It's like, no, because they continue on in the sin of their parents. Mm, That's really yeah. what it's talking about. And we read later in Jeremiah, um, kind of along those same lines, I prayed to the Lord saying, Oh, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show steadfast love to thousands. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. But you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. O great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel and mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. It's almost like Jeremiah is clarifying. You're not going to pay for the sins of your dad, Mm -hmm. but if you continue to do what your dad did and it was sinful, you will have to bear the burden of the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about, yeah, God's going to place you under a curse and this is what's going to happen because you're a horrible parent. Now your kids are going to have to pay for it. No, if you kept by example this sin pattern, they may receive that by example and say, well, that's the way I'm going to live my life too. And they're going to have to pay for their own sin. But that's not what that means. There's no, no, quote, curse. And in fact, it also refers to, as you heard me read, the loving kindness of our God upon the thousands. And yes, I will have to address the generations that are, you know, and Jeremiah, of course, that takes place right in the middle of a generational issue. Here they're finding themselves being exiled into Babylon because of the sin of generation after generation with chance after chance. That kind of goes back to why does Moses keep repeating himself? (laughs) 
He even says at the very end of his five books, you're going to mess up. Even after all the times I've told you, don't mess up. Mm -hmm. Here are the rules. You'll find yourself in this position. And when you do, you're going to find yourself in exile. And so he's predicting it and it happens. And it's because the generations keep following one another in the wrong patterns and not making the right choices. Yeah. I, I What I see nowadays is the, when you see um, hurt people hurt people type yeah, of thing. Yeah. And where if my mom or dad did something, then I may have the tendencies to fall into the same pattern. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of what you're saying is happening, but just because, you know, my, uh, I mess up right. doesn't necessarily mean that my child will be cursed forever in some way. Right. Right. And, you know, it's not like a, uh, uh, you know, God's not necessarily like playing a game here, mm -hmm. right? It's not mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, lost your turn. Like it's, it's, it, it, he takes every person and their heart yeah. is what we're, we're accountable for. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, um, as we all know, parenting is so important. Setting an example is important so that they go, our kids go the proper way. Yeah. It, I also find it interesting to the third and fourth generations is a, a Hebrew idiom so an idiom being like uh, if you say, oh, he's got a cold feet for a wedding. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have literally cold feet. It's, a, it's words put together in a phrase that over time has come to mean a certain thing. I do have circulation issues, but that's fine. <laughs> you you want to negate that. So the Hebrew idiom for to the third and fourth generation, to the third and fourth here, is for whatever number it takes. For however long we keep seeing the kids repeat those mistakes. But I have, uh, you and I both have a very dear friend whose family situation when she was little, she stopped the pattern because she made choices for Jesus in her life. I, my mother was the same way. She stopped a pattern of sin um, because she made choices for Jesus. And, and maybe it was because instead of looking to her parents, she was looking to the examples that God had placed around her. And so you often wonder when you're reading these stories, even through the Old Testament, it's like, man, everybody seems like a failure. They're all just massive, epic, failed, Yeah, you know? But there must have been incredibly loving and loyal and faithful people to get to the King Davids in Scripture, to get to the Daniels. Like Daniel was right. in the midst of the exile. This is how it got so bad. God's like, I am done at this point. It's time for others to take what I had given you. Mm -hmm. Take your land back from you because this is the only way I can wake you up. But Daniel was in the midst of that. So there are clearly good people sure. who follow after the Lord and um, yeah, latch on to those examples around you in life. Because, yeah, the world is filled with brokenness. But latch on to those examples. If you come from a broken situation, that does not have to be your story. Yeah, that's true. There's no, quote, curse. Break the pattern because Jesus, is he's in you to break it. I think what's hard is the obliviousness that can happen. And I had an interesting situation happen just yesterday. Uh, minding my own business uh, there uh, at my house and uh, a neighbor walks by. And I'd never met this woman before, but it was like, if you've heard of the next door app, 
where a bunch yes. of gossip and complaints go on. Door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you do. I mean, it is good. You do know what's going on you in the neighborhood. You lose a dog, you put it on the next door app. But then you also know what all is going on in the neighborhood. If you lose your mind, it goes on the next door app. That's right. That's right. The <laughs> neighborhood adjacent is not allowed to walk around our pond. It was a friend of mine really did that. It was crazy. Um, and so uh, she says, let me ask you a question. She's talking about property lines and all this. And it, I had never met this woman and she was in the first two minutes that I met her, one of the most negative people I've ever met. Yeah. It was, well, my neighbor, well, she's not getting along with me. Uh-huh. And let me tell you this, what she did here. And then she did this. I'll tell you what I could do. I could do this and this and this. Well, how'd she like that? What do you think? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to take out my trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was such an oblivious um, nature. She didn't realize she was spewing bitterness. Or she didn't care, I guess. Or she didn't but, care. but I, I think especially because of the, there are, there are situations that we know we might get into that are sinful, um, but sometimes we are, uh, we wouldn't cross the line of the social faux pas. Oh, and I yeah. think I was just so surprised because I don't even know if this woman's a believer or or not in mm-hmm. Jesus, but just the social like I met you for the first time. I can't believe that you don't have the social cues that you're going to say. This is yeah. my first impression of you. Um, and so it was su- such an oblivious type of, of mindset when I walked away from that. And then I have to stop and think, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. That we all have blind spots in our lives. And it might be because our parents did something and now I have a habit of it. I mean, it's just like when, sure. you, when you get married and all, it, it could be anything silly or serious where your family does it this way. Yeah, you take your culture with you. Yeah, exactly. Why would you do it this way? That's strange. And even though you may try to fight it. Yeah, yeah. On your own. Yeah, yeah. Mine's the normal one. Everybody <laughs> else is weird. And um, and so, but. but No, I mean, like, you try to fight like you're not your parents. Like, you you see that cultural whatever in you. Mm-hmm. You're like, that'll never be us. And then oh, it'll slip out. That's true, too. That's true, too. Oh, my word. And, that's in there. But it? but it can just be there. Yeah. And, and um, I, I heard it uh, uh, likened to when you cook a meal. Mm-hmm. And you get all the ingredients and you're starting to do the cooking and then it's almost ready and it's just kind of normal for you. And then somebody walks in and goes, oh, it smells amazing in here. Yeah. And you, your nose blind to it because you're, you've just been in it. Yeah. And sin is the same way. Tendencies can be the same way of I'm so blind to it because it's just it's just me. And somebody points it out and then you go, nah, <laughs> I don't do that or I don't mean it that way or right. surely not. It doesn't look like that. And if you if you could really take a step outside of yourself and watch yourself, it would probably come off a lot more. Yeah. But I have to remember that when somebody's dealing with such a ridiculous obliviousness, a mm-hmm. lack of self-awareness to help get the speck out of my brother's eye, mm-hmm. I have to get the plank out of my own first. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus is not saying um, to not help each other. Yeah. We should you know, have each other, call each other accountable and, and things, but, but I have to, I have to start with me. Yes. Sin is like where I should be the most selfish. Yeah. I, I got to concentrate on me here the most, not other people's sin. It's really important too, to get away from your family in the certain sense that you have excursions where you get out and you see how other people do it. Mm-hmm. Because just like we were talking about the, the quote generational curse, if the only example you've had your entire life is the one that you have only been a privy to, mm-hmm. <laughs> why would you do it anyway different? You yeah. wouldn't. So let's say 
you've been cooking in that house and your whole family's in that house smelling the same food with you. That's true. Now they're all. You could all be. You know, blind to the smell, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So now I need somebody on the outside of our bubble mm-hmm. to kind of show me the way. That's where Jesus comes in. Right. Um, I think. And also I want to add good friends, good friends, uh, small groups, accountability people that can check in with you and say, I have noticed this. Yeah. And they do it in a loving way and they do it the right way, according to scripture. So that it's not ugly and right. Right. Judgy. It's it's truly I. Hey, I got your back because I love you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it should be good intentioned when when helping. Uh, There are times where um, and this is what uh, what blew my mind the other day um, of of how to, when, when somebody's obliviousness or just flat out sin can be so vile and you're sitting here going, well, I know I need to love them or I need to, maybe it was at me. I need to forgive them. But what they did was so more than I'd ever do. And that may be true. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that stealing a pencil is the same as, is abusing someone. There are different, uh, levels of, of sin. Yeah. Every sin sends us to the same place. So we're all on the same playing field. Um, but I heard this so beautifully that when it comes to forgiving people, in fact, let me look at my notes. I want to make sure I read, the, read it the right, right way. When it comes to forgiving people, the fact that the fullness of the gospel isn't just believe and you'll be saved. Now, it is, it is that, but it's also believe you'll be saved and you'll be transformed. Yes, that's key, isn't it? So if you're having trouble forgiving somebody, and I, I can think of a couple people in, in my life mm-hmm. where I just think that person is so vile and they're never going to change. They're always going to be that way. Yeah. Well, when they have a authentic relationship with Jesus, not only is, is that sin that I have trouble forgiving mm-hmm. forgiven, and mine is too, I need to remember that, but my, my heart has been changed mm-hmm. because I follow Christ. All believers' hearts have been changed. So so theirs will too. Mm-hmm. So I think when we pray for them to truly find Jesus, it's not just so, and this is an important part of it, but it's not just so they can be forgiven and get to heaven. Right. But also... That so they can follow Jesus. They'll have the clarity. They'll have a new heart. They yes. won't be that anymore. Yes, yes. And you might find it easier to forgive when you see legitimate repentance, legitimate sincerity and mm. apology and brokenness and going, I hurt you and I hate that I did and there's nothing that I can do, but I'm moving forward in Christ. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we those walls can come down yeah. and go, I can forgive. You have clearly been transformed into a new person. Yeah. Yeah, you can have the app on your phone, but not know all of its capabilities until you explore it. Sure. And the truth is for your walk with Jesus, too. You mentioned that there are different levels of sin, but it all sends you to the same place. Mm -hmm. You can accept that Jesus Christ is Lord, but that's it. You got the app on your phone. Yeah. And you may Mm -hmm. choose never to open it. You may never choose to find all the different avenues that you can. Oh, this can help me in this way. You know, and it's yeah. so important that you follow after Christ to explore the different levels of faith. Hmm. I mean, we talk about jewels in the crown. I mean, in essence, there there is going to be a time where we stand before our maker and he's going to be like, yeah, you just barely got in to mm-hmm. some. <laughs> sure, sure. Because we were at base level of getting the app on the phone. And then there are going to be some people who's like, you took it to the level you you found things that I, as the designer of your app, maybe I've abused this metaphor now, but this is this is where I wanted to take you. And that's that's the transformative thing that you're talking about. 
because you're never going to achieve those things on your own apart from opening the user's manual and figuring it out with Jesus. And, and he's the uh, he's the difference maker. He's the only one that can help you apply yeah. these truths to your life. And that's what I've heard when a pastor once said, does God have favorites? And he said, I wouldn't say God has favorites, but he has intimates. Mm-hmm. People yeah. that choose to get in the manual, like people that. that choose to follow. And you are closer to God than other people are mm-hmm. be- because you are seeking that out yes. and he'll he'll receive anybody who chooses to get closer and closer to him. I mean, that's just true of family, isn't it? I mean, there's some kids that choose to stay closer to home. And this is not a, a, hey, I think that that's the best thing or the worst thing. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But the closer you are to your family, you know what's going on in mom and dad's life. Yeah. yeah. All the other kids have grown up, moved on. Maybe they've moved out you know, because God's called them to do so or whatever. There's no condemnation of what I'm saying. I'm just saying those who remain close to home are going to know them better. Yeah. And so that's, that's true for people who choose to know where God, what what he's all about. And no, I really like that. And, and, you know, you were talking about the annoying person um, that you were, you had one conversating with. I had an annoying person and I want to talk about that. And I will tell, talk about how I did that situation poorly, I think. Okay. But I will do that after I make you incredibly uncomfortable. Because this is what I'm going on in my quiet time right now. Oh, okay. Specifically. So going over all the ways to carry out the laws that God is setting out. I've mentioned this before. 613 some odd laws in the first five books of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of laws. Apparently in comparison to some of the other uh, civilizations around and cultures around. Um, I think there were some that were almost similar. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and, that's and right. we've discussed how if you read them next to each other, like the Assyrian gods and the way they carried things out as versus our God, the Assyrians would have been like, man, your God's real nice. Mm, you right, know, because <laughs> right. he is a good, merciful, trusting God. Yeah. Um, and he's real. <laughs> the, uh, the other ones weren't. There's that, too. That's, so there's that's that. kind of a big thing. But mentioning all these different laws, there are very specific things that they go over. And this is where you're going to get uncomfortable. And I made this connection the other day. And just follow me here for a second. In regards to a woman's monthly time, that can range for a woman, depending on the woman, anywhere even more than seven days. She was considered unclean during that entire time. Plus, seven days after, she would be considered unclean. And that struck me. It struck, I think it struck me before, but this time it's like, gosh, that is half of your life Mm. that you are considered unclean. Because that's two weeks out of every month. That's half of your existence. That if people touch you, they have to go through their own purity ritual. The men are considered unclean. Maybe this is where, I mean, we've already started to see that the women are not as considered highest status. I mean, they, they count, even in scripture, they count according to how many men are in the audience, not women and children. Mm-hmm. That doesn't count women and children. Well, why not? God does. And he does. He does. I think when you start reading through those laws, it can come across as harsh, but it can also come across as very caring that they would not have known about cleanliness back in the day in terms of what disease could run rampant and all these things. It was there for our protection. And God was looking out for women as well, because I don't know the conditions of which they were put in. You even read later on in scripture, if you have relations with a woman and she is not your wife, but she is your slave. And you're thinking, well, and what's their definition of relations? Are we talking rape? Mm -hmm. Or are we talking about 
someone who was being affectionate. I don't know. So I, I do believe that these laws were set up for the protection of his people, his daughters, as well as um, as for the men, too. Um, I'm not meaning this to be a sexist situation at all. I'm just saying that that you can see there's a difference in Scripture. And part of me, sometimes when I read that, I'm like, gosh, why the girls? Why not the guys, you know? But it's not for me to ask. It's for me to obey when he puts out his mandate. Now, I'm not saying that this is a current mandate I'm to follow, but when he asks me to obey and walk out on obedience, it's not my place to question God. He created me. Mm -hmm. If he wants me to go out and do the hula dance in the middle of the intersection, which I don't think he will, um, I'm going to do it. Sure. So I read that and I thought then instantly about the woman who had the issue of blood. And you read about her in the New Testament. And she's one of these women who spent all this money on doctors who did nothing for her. She has been bleeding for 12 years straight. I can't fathom what that would feel like. And she is desperate. You are not to touch anybody if you are in this way. You are going to defile them, especially a woman touching a man in that culture. That was a bad idea. Pleasure unclean. All of that, Carter, to say what happens in the story is remarkable and would have blown everybody away. The town knows this woman. They know the money that she's spent. They know where she's at and they know not to touch her. And here she reaches out and touches touches the clothes of, of Jesus, a man, a teacher. She's defiled him. And he he knows instantly it's happened. And now she's immediately filled with regret that she's done it without his permission, but also countering that regret with extreme joy because she's been honored with healing. And he calls her daughter. Hmm. So here's half of your life. You're not allowed to be around people as a woman or in a, in a way that like, especially if they needed to be clean for a ritual or whatnot. Um, it just, you would have been untouchable. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah. That would be very isolating, very lonely. And he called her daughter. And that is the redeeming work of Jesus. That is, that is what he can bring to the table. Because God knows what is best for us. And through his laws, there's a reason why he established them in the first place. And Jesus comes along and says, I'm here to fulfill the things that you can't do on your own. You can't keep all those laws. That's a lot. But I did. And yeah. I can. And through me, you were saved. It's just fabulous. And I think you see where people, there's one example of a guy that approaches Jesus and says, what must I do to be saved? And he said, you, you know the commandments. And he's yeah. like, I've done all of them. And Jesus then says, uh, go and sell all you have. Yeah. Uh, well, and that was really about the guy's heart. I heard it said the other day in regards to all the laws that if we think for a minute, I could meet all of them. Yeah. I could do all of them. What what Jesus may have been saying to that individual wasn't, it may have not, I've always thought, well, it's because that guy had a problem with greed. And that mm -hmm. may be very, very well true. The rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. What some people refer to him as, yeah. He, he may, it may have been simply about a heart and, and he has trouble with greed and he Maybe. won't follow Jesus because of it. And that's what I've always assumed. But uh, my pastor said the other day, it's it's because Jesus is saying, you think you can meet all of the laws, mm -hmm. all the requirements? I can always take holiness up a notch. <laughs> always. That's interesting. You can't get 
close. And when you think you do, I can always turn it up because I'm bigger and more holy than you even think that I am. I like that because even in perception, I don't think you can, quote, turn holiness up a notch. I think in your mind, if you've established, well, I am perfect. Mm-hmm. First of all, you've, you've missed a big one with pride there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. But I think people, but, some people yeah. think if, if I meet 613 requirements, well, yeah. I'm holy like God. I, I met you him know. to the letter. It's, they're in black and white. I followed them. I think God gave us the, the easy version. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. The, the level one holiness. And I think he, he established level one holiness with the physical part of it because he knew that reaching the heart would have to be what you're talking about, a yeah. transform, transforming act. Right, right. Which who can do that except God? Yeah. And so so I meet this annoying woman the other day at the store. And I, I, I know that sounds mean. In 60 seconds or less, I knew what she had done for a living, what she was currently doing, where she lived. She repeated some of that information. She shared with me the time frame where she lived there. I am not... Making this up. And this, she just approached you and just started telling your life story. We were in one of those uh, self-checkout things. Yeah, yeah. And I was just waiting to have my turn. And she was just, you know, chatty Kathy. And I kind of checked it up too. You know, she just may be lonely. She needs to talk. But then all the machines needed to be rebooted in that moment. And she couldn't leave. And then she kept talking. And then I'm frustrated because I'm like, I just finished work. I'd like to go home. I'm standing here holding my groceries. Yeah. I didn't have a cart. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go. And I, I was kind on the outside, but the transformative work that we're talking about on the inside, you know, David prays this prayer that we're going to talk about, I think, even more in depth with Darren, with me, we are messengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to bring up um, the prayer that David prayed to search me, oh God, and know my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So God can see like that rich young ruler straight to the heart of the matter with this kid. Yeah. He knows what's going on in there. He right. knows what's going on with me. I was very appropriate on the outside to this woman. Yeah. Yeah. But on the inside, I'm like, Lord, I'm still not there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm still working through. Well, and what I wanted to say is don't uh, don't let me uh, give you a pat on the back if you don't think you need one, because um, we've talked about those friends that are always on friends side. You're fine. You're oh, great. Yeah. No, I really messed up. I messed you know? up. Yeah. So but so you you do you. But I, I do want to speak to the the outside action compared to how we feel. OK, that following what's right is what's most important. Mm-hmm. And that's what you did. Mm-hmm. We're going to be annoyed. Yeah. And the fact that it talks about in, in multiple times in the new Testament, that it references it, we sin even still as believers yeah. and the heart who can know it, as I believe David says, yeah. it is this mixture of God and still human. human. Yeah. And, and to not know what I'm feeling at any given time to, to think that my attitude always has to be in check. No, I'm going to be mad sometimes, but what do I do? My heart, I choose that side of it to do the right thing. Yeah. And so I think there is something to be said. Yes, we can we can fake it and, and, and all this. And it'd be one thing if you faked it to her and she walked out and you looked at the, the next person. Man, isn't that lady dumb? She's stupid, <laughs> you know, or whatever. That's a whole different thing, sure. right? Sure. But to know, no, what, what Jesus says is, uh, in 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 all of our ways and our actions, yes. I'm going to be respectful of this lady, even if I don't feel it. Absolutely. And I think it's it it, it it it's that way in marriage, mm. because when my wife asks me, let's say this is a funny example we use sometimes. My wife asked me to to get up and and get her a, a she likes drinking diet root beer. Can can you make me a root beer? Yeah. We're both sitting on the couch. We both are. Yeah. 
why can't you do it? And she goes, because I asked you to. And uh, however frustrated I am that day, I if I choose to get up and do it, even though I'm annoyed by it, what I'm doing is showing my love for right, her. Because right. in the midst of my attitude, I choose to be loving. Yes. So I think, I, and I love that. There's the example also that Jesus himself gives about the dad who's two, he has two sons. Mm-hmm. And he asks the firstborn, or he asks one of the sons, hey, will you do this thing? And so it's like, yeah. I don't want to do the thing. I'm not going to be able to do the thing. So, all right. He goes to the next son and he says, will you do this thing? And the second son said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second son had no intention of doing the thing. He never got around to but it. But he made he? good FaceTime. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then the other son who was like, no, I'm not going to. He ended up doing it. So which one of these actually served his dad? And they answered the first. The first. At the same time, I think God wants to take us to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to truly in my heart of hearts, even though, yes, I will be annoyed some days. I want it to, I want my knee-jerk response to always be grace mm-hmm. in my heart. I'm going to have those days where I'm like, whew, I need grace for me because I don't have grace. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but uh, I I do, yes, as we talk about, to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your heart has to follow at some point. Mm-hmm. So the action needs to be carried out as, as we're talking about here. Absolutely. And eventually it's going to sink in because if I do something enough times, how many times you have to do it before it becomes a habit kind of thing? If I keep doing it in pattern, it's eventually going to go. This is a part of who I need to be. Yeah. And it's going to start. Yeah. You're going to start seeing it. I think show up in your heart and in your mind. And and I and I want that to be true and I, I hope that it is in many regards because I think you'll you'll find more patience and more maturity and you You're can never laugh gonna arrive to perfection. But now. if somebody steps on my foot when I'm 65, <laughs> I'm still gonna be fr- <laughs> sorry and not be apologetic about it. I'm still gonna be mad when I'm 65 and I'm pretty much gonna stamp that guarantee. But sure. what I do need to do in the moment is not hit them or berate them or sure. anything no, else. That's yes, absolutely. I'm not trying to put out these like standards. It's like, seriously, you can't be annoyed about the lady. No, (laughs) I'm just saying it's like, I feel like those are the moments where God, God allows me to see, Hey, Mm -hmm. I saw your heart today. I saw where you were at. You did the right thing with her maybe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we can work on this a little bit more. So it softens you. And so that you don't have to struggle as much. Sure. That it becomes sure. easier for you because yeah. you're breathing me in and out and it becomes like, like as natural as breathing, you mm. know? And yeah, because I, I do want to be transformed. And one day we will be fully, we'll know fully. But yeah. until that day, mm. sorry. Sorry. Uh, this has been the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We appreciate you. There's a lot of old episodes if you want to check them out. Uh, early April is when uh, We Are Messengers. Darren, the lead singer, is going to be on with us. Uh, but we are going to be recording that episode if you're listening to this right when this episode comes out, you'll have a couple of days to to get it together and go to hopeondemand.com, sign up uh, so you can come on out downtown Houston. It's March 23rd. So if you're listening to this, you know, the night of March 23rd, rush downtown. You can and- rush downtown, but at the right speed. <laughs> at the right. Please don't speed. Please don't speed. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much.